We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Listen up, Roto Grinders. It's the ownership report here at rotogrinders.com. My name is Christopher Gimino, projected ownership analyst for NFL DFS. And joining me to go over all of the week 18 action in the NFL landscape is Mr. Tuttle 05, Dan Gasper. Tuttle, it, it's a re- it could be a record breaking week. Are you ready for all the records to get broken? All here all week is about records. And I have a, an interesting take on this. Let, let's see how you feel about the record breaking weeks. Yeah. Um... I mean, based on your what what we talked about pre-show, you you didn't give me too big of a hint, but I'm I'm guessing you're going against the grain and thinking that uh, records are meaningless. 
Um, oh, Tuttle. No, they're they're maybe they're meaningful in like why are people chasing records in week 18? It used to be a 17 week season, Tuttle. Like people are talking yeah. about records, like, oh my god, they're gonna break the franchise record for this, or Cooper Cup could break the all time. It doesn't matter, it's an extra game. Like, what the right, hell are we talking get the about? Asterisk. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I can't even believe no one's mentioned. I mean, are people are mentioning this or what? Am I the only one? Am I crazy? No, I mean, I, I just, I see a lot of record talk, not a whole lot of asterisk talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's put the asterisk on some of these records because, you know, you got, you got to do it in, in, in on a per game basis, or at least in the 17 week sample that we come to expect now, but now that my tilt is, is, is nice and firmly squeezed out to start the show. I think what we really need to start talking about is this tradition untraditionally sane week uh 18 or what used to be the week 17 slate uh there's not not a ton of crazy uh value that's come up yet although it's still saturday and we could still get some news coming out here but you know where are the uh preseason guys i spent so much time researching uh, to start the season why aren't they appearing in my lineup hq as good values yeah don't you get uh who's that philadelphia tight end is he finally playing today tyree uh, jackson like, yeah that didn't tyree really jackson work out is that a thing I mean, look, it was supposed to be. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, if if, uh, if if Goddard takes a seat tonight, maybe we'll see that. But he's not even on the slate. So we we got nothing. We got no Gainwell. We got no Tyree Jackson. Yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, actually good NFL players today, Tuttle. So let's start at the quarterback position where, they, you know, salary's tight on DraftKings. But if you had the money to spend, I think you probably lean in the direction of Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, right? Like there's nobody else on the slate that even comes close to having something to play for and the quality of quarterback play that you'll get from those guys. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I think Kyler will be interesting because the Cardinals have not been playing all that well, but he also has kind of shown you why he's such a good fantasy quarterback because even floor games for him are some of the ceilings from some, from some of these other dusty quarterbacks. Um, you're looking, I think he's 21 or more DK points through of the last four games. And you would consider those, all those games disappointing for him. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of shows he hasn't really flashed the ceiling, but he's been rushing a lot more lately too, uh, especially over the last two games. So I, I like Kyler quite a bit, but agree. He's, he's going to be chalk. Um, and then same with Josh mm -hmm. Allen, you know, similar story um, with, with Allen as well. Yeah. The interesting, interesting thing about Kyler is while he's pretty expensive, the, Pairing options aren't all that expensive, and I, I don't, I don't genuinely see a lot of guys to get excited about when it comes to if you're playing a tournament. Usually, you're going to stack one or two guys with your quarterback, and you know Josh Allen's 8100, but his guys are, you know, outside of digs or, you know, you could you could at least make a team there. Uh, Huntley, I mean, you, you tell me, are you going to pay up for uh, Mark Andrews this week at the tight end position? I mean, it starts to get tough to stack some of these guys, and we'll talk about some of the guys that seem to fit the bill pretty good. Uh, as stacking candidates but it, you know I, I'm at least on paper you can correct me if I'm wrong I don't really see like the super chalk stack other than Kyler right now no I think you're you're right um I mean I, I do think maybe we'll see Stafford ownership drive up mm -hmm. a little bit just for, because the stacking partners are easier Cup's going to be heavily owned there's your record guy you're talking about Cooper Cup mm -hmm. um but I, I do think you'll see Stafford because of that um Ryan Tannehill maybe because you got AJ Brown to pair him with, but you don't really have much else to go along with Tannehill here. So it, it is a situation though, where he's only 6k and, and AJ Brown's only 7k on DraftKings, And certainly, uh, you know, if you wanted to make the case on FanDuel, you could go to these guys too. But, you know, I mean, I, I think the matchup with the Texan will probably drive some ownership towards him. That's the way we're at least we're projecting it right now. 
Yeah, yeah, I could see. T- I don't know. People don't love playing Tannehill, though. Um, but you kind of mentioned it. After this, it gets pretty ugly in terms of just like who you're going to stack. I think recency bias plus price plus matchup. I don't even want to say this, but I think Russell Wilson gets over 5%. Yeah, um, yeah I guess so. Like, I mean, why not? Like, we're, we're just just if you're looking at the layout of, of how things are looking here, um, even if you just sort by projected ownership currently, like it drops off big time um, after Murray and Josh Allen, which we said. Uh, so I, I do think, like, yeah, we'll see Wilson probably 5, 5% plus um, with DK Metcalf and whatnot. What if I told you he won Osimo a million dollars with 29 pass attempts? Like, I mean, it's like, yep. like how good does this guy have to run? Like, I, I don't, I don't think anything is really all that different with with Russell Wilson here. Uh, I guess maybe the field might, but you know, and it's a tough week, like you said. So maybe there's some merit to to getting that ownership up a little bit into projections. Now I, we have Trey Lance in here. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I actually think it's probably going to be Garoppolo, but uh, Kyle Shanahan's playing coy. At, at any rate, do you think that Garoppolo would get any? Think close to five percent if it was him in this projection instead of Trey Lance. No, no, yeah. not at all. I mean, he's got something to play for, and I think that's something to look for as far as where guys might gravitate towards. But I, I guess I agree with you that uh, the field is just not that interested in playing Jimmy Garoppolo on most weeks. And why would this week be different? So where's the ownership going? Is it to Davis Mills at fifty three hundred total? Can you play Davis Mills? Um, you can. I'm, I'm sure people will pair yeah. him with Brandon Cooks. Um, like Brady technically has something to play for. Like I, th- I think Brady rates very clearly below the other spend up options that we've mentioned. But you might be, you might see people throw um, some Brady Evans, Brady Gronk stacks in there um, just because he does technically have at least something small to play for. Um, so yeah, I, I think you'll probably see some ownership steam on Brady. Um, God, we don't have yeah. it that way, right? It's we don't ugly. have it. That- yeah, we don't have it that way right now because uh, I, maybe I'm crazy. I, I don't think that guy's playing very far into the second half. I, I assume he'll play to halftime. Uh, but, I mean, Bruce Arians can say whatever he wants. Like, they don't really have that much to play for here. Like, I just I, I would just be stunned to see him playing in the fourth quarter. But, again, it, it's not impossible. And I, I just don't – I don't know if people are going to have that confidence. I'm looking for people – people will have confidence that the guy's going to play the whole game before they actually click on a guy in DFS that just seems to make the most sense. Uh, Tyler Huntley is a guy that seems to make a lot of sense because he's 5.7. You don't necessarily need a stacking partner and he's got the rushing capability. So I think he'll be owned a little bit and you can say the same for Taysom Hill. Am I wrong? These guys are going to get owned. No, you're not wrong. Um, I was sour on Huntley last week uh, against the Rams. I think it's a little bit better of a spot. Like I'm, I'm, it's another spot where I'm kind of okay. Not playing him if he's projected to come in as the third highest quarterback uh, which it, I don't necessarily think is wrong. Uh, you kind of alluded to it, though. It's it's tough. Um, all Huntley stacks are going to go through Mark Andrews. Uh, like he, it's Mark Andrews is the guy that he throws the ball to. Uh, Marquise Brown is just apparently absolutely total dust now. Um, so if you're looking to get different, maybe you throw some Marquise Brown sacks in there. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 pretty ugly. I should think if you're playing on FanDuel. Maybe you might see more Mark Andrews, but on DraftKings, it's so tight that, you know, Marquise Brown's just 5,900 and, you know, you got to, you know, I guess some, some nutcases will probably stack Bateman or whoever uh, on the Ravens and you'll start to see some different looking stacks on DraftKings for Huntley, but he's also a guy that you don't necessarily need to stack. And, and Taysom, I, I don't, 
you know, the, the reason Taysom might actually get some steam here is because, you know, you got Deontay Harris and Marcus Callaway is inexpensive options. If you do choose to stack with Taysom, uh, the pricing is not prohibitive. Yeah. Um, and Callaway's actually been pretty decent lately too. I mean, that his stacks are a little bit more appealing um, to me. I mean, overall, an unexciting week at the quarterback position. But yeah, mm. I, th- I think I would definitely lead, lean to playing Taysom naked um, as opposed to stacking him. But I, I don't mind Callaway. Yeah. Um, some pretty gross options at the bottom here. I mean, God, I, I don't even want to say some of the names I thought about when I was looking at the low-owned guys, but I guess we will say them later. Um, but it's not, it's not pretty the week in general is just not very pretty. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and get some value coming out before the end of the day or before, you know, in the midnight news dump or something like that, that'll really turn the slate around at the quarterback position. But there is certainly not a lot to just get overly thrilled about with the matchups and the situations. Now at running back Tuttle, if you are in New York, it's here Saturday, January the 8th has come and you can get all the information you need on live sports betting from Rotogrinders and scores and odds. Folks, if you are on uh, rotogrinders.com now, uh, go ahead and get to the sports betting tab and, and start clicking about the New York and get all the information on promo codes and signups and, and really get yourself into the action. And again, this is specifically for New York residents, but you guys have waited way too long to get involved in this sports betting gold. And RG's got the stuff. Get to the website, click the sports betting tab, uh, get some promo codes and start betting. Okay, total. Uh, running backs uh, that you might want to play in New York. Uh, maybe on the oversight of things, depending on the line that they're going to give you. Certainly Jonathan Taylor is going to present you a lot of upside on the rushing yards any given week in the matchup this week is with Jacksonville. Problem is he's 9.3. You can't afford nice things and have everything you want. You're going to have to decide probably between him and Cooper Cup if you're making a more optimal lineup. Do you think that it's correct that he's not going to be the highest on running back, even though he probably should be? Yes, I agree with that. Um Again, it's more of a pricing thing than anything else. I, maybe you'll see him creep up, I think, probably just below James Conner. Um, I could see him being like a top two. But again, a lot of that just has to do pricing, which is it's hard for us to do uh, manually, which is why you have it all automated. Um, yeah, we're waiting for that value, right? Once we get that yeah. couple, of, couple of value picks, we'll, we'll see Jonathan Taylor shoot right up this ownership percentage and he'll, he'll, he'll get up towards the top. And, you know, this whole conversation we moved as far as whether or not he should be in the mid range of ownership. But again, we need the value and that's what it's going to take to get there with Jonathan Taylor uh, right now favoring Cooper Cup because of positional. Now, how weird is at, it that we how weird is it that we don't have value on week 18? Well, that's what I started the show talking about is that you know we're we're just so used to having uh you know 3k, 4k guys at different positions that are just not used to playing. Maybe we'll talk about the Packers wide receivers, right? Like maybe if you don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna play a lot, there's some guys there that you can use, but at the same time, the ownership's not gonna be there until you get some clarity on the situation. So uh we're looking at Jonathan Taylor at the moment, just a little bit light on the ownership side, maybe it'll creep up if we get value. Now, the value currently, Keyshawn Vaughn, 5.3. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, almost for sure going to play a lot in this game. Uh, Not expecting anything to come out into his way in terms of his reps here. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Do you see Vaughn as a chalky option? Um, It makes sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it makes sense. And and we're talking value here. He's a guy that... 
not typically, you know, the, the low cost value that we, we like to see below the 5k range on DraftKings. but he's five, three, he's probably like the cheapest realistic that you can go, um, right there with Samaji P Ryan. I mean, we might get some news. Maybe we can play like Patrick, Patrick Taylor or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the way it sets up right now, um, Michael Carter, I guess would be another guy, but like this five to five, three range is about the cheapest you can reasonably go and expect some sort of decent workload out of. So yeah, I think because of that Keyshawn Bond's value or ownership will, will kind of be where you have him pegged. Um, and people love, you know, the, the heavy team total um, for, for the Buccaneers. They're, you know, almost double digit favorites. Uh, so everything's kind of shaping up for him to get some ownership. Yeah. Am I living in a, in a preseason bubble when I don't have some AJP Ryan anywhere near chalky because I'm afraid of Chris Evans, like, uh, like getting a bunch of run in this, in this game. Like, I, I mean, Piron's playing with the first team offense as the third down back these days. I mean, yeah. do they really want to get him out there with Brandon Allen? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could see Chris Evans getting a lot of run. I mean, he might even be a sneaky play if it, if it turns out you want to get so bold as to make a like step out on a limb, he's a pass catching guy. He could do it on DraftKings for sure. But just with regards to Piron, I don't have a ton of ownership on him. Should I have more? I'm hoping our thinking is advanced and we're the, we're the sharp ones here. Cause I, I kind of had the same thought as you, um, but I do think he'll get ownership. Like people just see, Hey, Joe Mixon's out. The first team's off offense is out. I don't think you should just jump to thinking P Ryan's going to be the bell cow now. Like um, I'm sure there, there are stats going out that, you know, when Joe Mixon's been out the last blah, 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 this is how Samaj P Ryan has done. But I mean, you mentioned it, it's a completely different situa- situation. Samaj P Ryan is valuable to this team. Uh, if they're resting while all the first team offense, why is P Ryan out there, you know, handling 30 carries or something crazy like that. That's not going to happen. Uh, so I'm in agreement with you. I, I do think the general public might, view it that way and so you'll see his ownership creep up into the double digits or even kind of like in the in the teens there um but again that, that makes it tough then where do you go um like chris evans you kind of mentioned is more of a pass catching back Let's get, like is travion williams the guy that's going to come in and and steal the show uh, i wouldn't be all that surprised but you can't really like that's a play that's so low probability it's, it's very hard to pull the trigger on their offense is going to stink anyway with Brandon Allen. Yep. We want we talking about the Bengals for uh, James Connors. We 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 glossed over him briefly. No no Chase Edmonds. He's going to be chalky against the Seahawks. And so go ahead and get him in there if you can. I don't see any particular reason other than the questionable tag. We'll have to see about the injury status as far as a reason to veer away from him. Of course, if he's out, uh, you know Benjamin Jonathan Ward uh, in, on the table as far as consideration. Uh, Sonny Michelle six K. Uh, we got Akers back here, but he's not playing. He's coming off like a serious injury. He's not playing a bunch in this game. It's going to be Michelle again. Uh, the matchup's fine. Uh, what do you think about Michelle here at 6K? See, the biggest issue here is literally any other touch that goes to a running back will be a lower share than what Sony Michelle saw last week, which is why we love Sony Michelle last week, because we kind of thought he was going to get close to 100% of the running back touches, and he did get 100% of the running back touches. Uh, so even if you think Akers comes back and – doesn't see like a huge role what what's not a huge role like 20 percent of running back touches and even if that happens michelle loses some of his shine um so i, I think it's an interesting spot to see. I, i'm more interested to see where the field comes in on him um he's a guy that i'll probably come in underweight if this is the ownership projection on him um because i i guess i am a little bit more worried about acres i'd love some clarity there not that we're going to get it, any sort of clarity around the situation uh, but I do think there's just enough there that 
again, even 20% of the touches, that's enough to, to siphon some of this value off of Michelle. Let me ask you a question. If it's pass interference in the, in the end zone and their ball's on the one yard line, who do you think gets the first carry at the goal this week? I honestly don't know. And that's, yeah. and that's, that's why I would come in underweight on, on Michelle, because I, I don't know. I like, I don't think they like Michelle. I think they actually do like Cam Akers. Um, so it's just a matter of how you view the injury. And I don't, I legitimately don't know how to view the injury, to be honest. Like I, I know we should, like, it's, it's an improbable comeback and it's crazy that he's, you know, even considering playing this week, but like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it is what it is. We're dealing with the situation currently projecting Michelle to get the bulk of the work, because I think that's what you do when you look at the injury that acres had, you just shouldn't expect this team to run it. I mean, you, you expect this to be a welcome back. Here's a couple of snaps to remind you that you're an NFL football player, maybe get smashed once or twice, but the, the end of the day, I, I still expecting Michelle to get the bulk of the work. So I think he's a fine play, especially if the ownership gets spread out the way it's currently projected. Uh, do you remember when Dante Foreman was useless and out of the league? Uh, he's back. He's, he's out there probably one last time until Derrick Henry comes back. Uh, he's 5.7 against the Houston Texans. So I imagine if we're expecting Tennessee to play a lot in this game that people are going to want to roster him. Do you want to roster him? I mean, it's the matchup for it, right? Like, I mean, yeah, uh, I think he's a good play. I think the touch count's going to be there for him. Um, do you remember when this was like a three back committee? Um, and really that's not the case anymore. With Dontre Hilliard, uh, Jeremy McNichols, like the Foreman's, like they're they're all still in the picture, but Foreman's still going to get like ideal, ideal script here. He's going to get twenty plus touches. Um, so I, yeah, I'm I'm all for that for sure. I think you would see more ownership on uh, David Montgomery were it not for a fairly tight week, and he's six point eight with lots of similar looking options to me uh, in the surrounding area. Certainly not from a raw perspective, but from a points per dollars perspective, you know, Singletary, Foreman, Michelle. Vaughn, Connor, all those guys are in the same ballpark generally. Um, Rashad Penny, uh, 6.5. I mean, he's maybe he gets a little bit of the recency bias boost compared to where he's at right now, but I still think there's a lot of there's a big crowd in that price range. Eli Mitchell, of course, you could go to uh, for San Francisco. Uh, and yeah, just a lot of guys that are going to eat up ownership uh, in the mid tier. And that should pretty much tell you how the chalk roster build is going to go until we get some value. You're not going to see a ton of stars and scrub. You're going to be able to get one star, not stars uh, and scrubs. So that's a situation where you're going to see a lot of these 6K uh, area guys and probably some under ownership on guys like Dalvin Cook at 7.8, right? Yeah, I think Dalvin Cook is, yeah, going to be completely overlooked here. Um, what do we even have as ownership projected? He's at 12% right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a very strong – like, it, it sounds like Minnesota's going to go all out. Um, they don't really have anything to play for, but it sounds like their guys are going to get all the snaps. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's a, he's a very strong play. Um, I did want to make a comment. First of all, what in the world happened to Michael Carter last week? Well, he's like, a New York Jet, Tuttle. So, I mean, what do you want me to say here? I mean, there's – first of all, the, the matchup with the Buccaneers isn't – exactly ideal for the running back but austin walter got all the work like what 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 am i looking at here what in what world and and why (laughs) like i haven't projecting well myself um but like what why did austin austin walter get the 14 touches uh or 14 carries to um michael carter's three are you trying to get excited about michael carter this week i think he's 5k if you believe the projection he's a decent play 
Uh, he's facing Buffalo, not a great matchup, but better than Tampa Bay last week. So, I mean, if you're looking, if okay. you're desperate, Car- for the Carter, Sanders, Carter got a concussion last week, which I missed. I finally just read that up. That that makes yeah, a lot I didn't catch sense. that either. Uh, that's good to know, actually. Uh, we, yep. you know, certainly our projections team didn't didn't seem to think too much of the of the usage. So they must have saw that, and that's the reason why we've got him uh, up here with maybe close closer to ten percent ownership. Now we also have Ramondre Stevenson closer to ten percent owned. I think that that is leaning in the direction of Damian Harris not going to play here. And if that is actually true, I think this number goes up from nine point two percent. And if it doesn't go up from nine point two percent, sign me up for uh, whatever the maximum amount of Ramondre Stevenson is because this guy is absolutely awesome. I love him. I like Ramondre too. Um, do we have, what are the latest reports on Damien? Do we have anything today? Well, really the nagging, I think it's a hamstring injury that he's dealing with and it's pretty, it's been pretty ongoing. So if they don't think they absolutely need him to win this game, which I guess that remains to be seen whether or not they would actually make decisions in that particular way. Like I'm sure if he can go, he'll go, but Stevenson is certainly going to get more than his fair share of the work regardless. And he's got the upside to just take, especially if, if Harris isn't ruled out at all. And he just, he just starts the game. Like Stevenson could just literally just start taking the ball in the second quarter and just run the rest of the game. And I think you definitely want that. I, I, I think, I, you know, I think New England's good. I've, I thought they were good since the start of the season. I bet them to make the playoffs, got paid off on that. Like, I think it's a situation where, like, th- this is a team that is built for him. Like, the way that he plays and the way that the – and plus he can catch passes if they absolutely need him to, too. So, uh, for me, uh, I just think Stevenson in the spot against Miami is among the more overlooked options because you won't see his projection rise up to the level of his other guys. But I think he's got that kind of upside. So, you want – Harris to be active then right like if you're really hardcore on Ramondre Stevenson regardless almost almost regardless I should say of the situation you you want Harris active I think it would be harder for me to click the button but I certainly would say that it's better for a game theory angle like the game theory the ownership won't go up at anywhere near as high without that particular projection getting updated and you really just have to just sort of use your imagination on him like we you know you might have to do that a couple of times this week and we'll talk about some of those situations at the wide receiver position you don't have to use your imagination in this way for Najee Harris. Uh, he and Alvin Kamara are both going to be highly priced guys overlooked on the, on the ownership scale because of the, the tight pricing on DraftKings. I even think on FanDuel, you know, you might not see like just like gourds of ownership on either one of these guys. So you tell me, are these guys good tournament plays because of their massive upside? Oh my God, $23 on Yahoo for Najee? Jeez. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. Najee's really randomly cheap um, over there. Uh, so, Kamara, it's all dependent on Mark Ingram for me, who's, I think, questionable still. Um, we'll see, but um, amazingly, Mark Ingram's status still matters uh, in the yeah. year 2022 um, because he really, like, Kamara really does go from essentially like a 60-40 split to a 90-10 split um, if Mark Ingram's out. Uh, and so kind, of, kind of surprisingly, that goes overlooked on a weekly basis. Like, Kamara was still extremely low-owned last week. Granted, we had we had better options. He kind of got there thanks to his receiving work last week, but I was, I was pretty heavy on Camara last week. Uh, matchups even better. If, if Ingram's out, I love Camara for sure. Uh, especially if he's going to come in under 10% only, which I kind of do think he will. Here's the deal. If you're priced between like 5,000 and 7,000, you're going to get a pretty good amount of ownership. If you have a good projection on DraftKings this week, we've outlined a number of those players. If your projection is, uh, if your uh, price is over 7,000, if your name is not Jonathan Taylor, 
your ownership could be depressed a little bit. So keep that in mind as you construct your rosters. Uh, heading over to the wide receiver position, it's a place where I keep I mention it week in and week out. Uh, if you are not looking to, you know, research some of the deeper options that you're going to have to look at, like the Green Bay wide receivers, uh, if you if you don't know what Equinemius St. Brown is, other than a great play on a Scrabble board, then you could absolutely be going to Thrive Fantasy and playing their props contest because it's only going to be the best players when you play on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, for, first of all, what, what is it? It's prop betting DFS. So you choose 10 out of 20 guys to build a lineup, so to speak, of props. It, you know, it's an over and an under. So each one is assigned a probability uh, and a value based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points when your share of the prize pool. Use promo code GRINDERS when you head over there and sign up and you'll receive 100% instant first match deposit bonus up to 250 bucks. Plus you get some free tickets. Uh, you, know, you get two for a $10 deposit. You get four uh, for over 100 and up to 500. And if you deposit 500 bucks, you're going to get six tickets. Download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or the Play Store or, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And like I said, over on that site, you will see guys like Cooper Cup, who is going to be fairly owned yet again, despite the 9.7 price tag, chasing quote unquote records. But more importantly, they do have to win this football game. I think that's the more relevant reason to consider rostering him this week. How do you feel about Cup at 9.7? Can you possibly afford him? Yeah, you can. I, I mean, again, value is tough. Um, you're not currently fitting Cup and, and Jonathan Taylor on the same lineup. That's not going to happen. Uh, but you can realistically pick one of them. Value is so clearly better at the running back position than it is at the wide receiver position, uh, which has me at this point prioritizing Cup over Jonathan Taylor. That could change if we get get some breaking news. Um, but yeah, you can afford Cup. I mean, we, we talk about the record thing kind of jokingly on, on top of the show, but how crazy is it that we think of a guy that needs 12 receptions to break the single season receiving reception record. And it's not crazy to think that's like force feeding Cooper cup, the ball like that. That's a normal game for him. Um, So that's another thing that, you know, some of these records are just not obtainable, but when you see like Cooper cup is 120 or what it's 12 and 136 or something like that, that, that's a, that's a Sunday for him. Um, And if he's close at all, we know they actually are like they're, they're very cognizant of this specific record, these, these specific records with cop. Um, so I, I like, I don't know. I, I think his floor, like his floor obviously is great regardless, but you throw in the records chasing stuff for him. I, yeah, I, I like him a lot. First of all, you want, you want to talk about something we, I talked about at the beginning of the show. Just imagine that he's chasing a record that got broke in that got set in 17 weeks. And it was from Michael Thomas. Shout out to Can't Guard Mike for not getting surgery in the offseason and completely, completely missing all the fun this year uh, as Marquez Calloway uh, completely bores us to tears over there in New Orleans as the number one. Uh, You've got Cooper Cup chasing you down, although he needs 18 weeks to do it. Anyway, and that's crazy. You think about what kind of season Cup's got, like what a season Mike Thomas had the other year. uh, But I digress. We're playing Cooper Cup if we can afford it. If we can't afford it, what are we doing? Is it A.J. Brown? Is it Justin Jefferson? Where are you going to put your money? It's where it's tough. I think it's AJ Brown. Um, like you, re- you really have to buy in. I'm having trouble with it with this Minnesota team in general. Like you really have to buy in that they're just going to go out there um, and play for pride, basically, because these price tags, 8100 for Jefferson, Dalvin Cook was even pretty pricey. 
you really have to buy in if, and, and hope they're, they're going to play 100% all game and, and really give it their all. Um, so, I, like, any, any time that I can side with a team that just definitely has, you know, the, the motivation there, um, I'll side with that. So, like, A.J. Brown for me, uh, I think Justin Jefferson theoretically is a great play. But, again, you, you, you have to take a little bit at least a, a leap of faith just to hope that he's in the game for all four quarters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of person Kirk Cousins is, but uh, you know, he he wasn't a vaccinated guy when he let when he missed uh, last week. I don't know if he's going to come out here charging for something to prove here or whatever. But uh, you know, certainly they they have a narrative for Dalvin Cook to do some stuff. Uh, uh, hashtag for his dad. Uh, that was a terrible. It wasn't a hashtag. Whatever. He's gonna. He's he's out there playing for his dad. I'll put it to you that way. And Justin Jefferson, you know, if he's not getting the touchdowns, is it? You know, is he going to get the 10, 11 receptions he would need to to get the job done in that particular scenario where he's not scoring? Uh, I'm not against playing Justin Jefferson. I'm just pointing out that there's some kind of yeah. a Dalvin Cook narrative out there that maybe he could be force-fed a couple of extra touches near the goal. Um, on on the mid-range side of things, like let's say, you know, you're not paying you're paying up for Jonathan Taylor. Maybe you have to go more towards the mid-range. I think that's where you're going to see Christian Kirk start to get some ownership. Uh, paired with Kyler, certainly, but also in a lot of other lineups, he's going to fit with this mid-range price tag. And some of the other guys that fit this mold, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, uh, and to a lesser extent, Waddle and Michael Pittman Jr. Is there is there another mid-range guy that I'm missing here that should be creeping up in ownership? Mid-range, not really. And I mean, honestly, this is why we're prior to prioritizing Cooper Cup. Things drop off so fast at the wide receiver position this week. Um Again, at least as it as it stands on um, on Saturday, uh, it, it just drops off so fast. I mean, we didn't talk about Stefan Diggs, who I like a lot, but he I wouldn't. He's definitely not a mid tiered guy. He's more of the 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 upper tier pricing. Uh, but I do like him a lot. Although he is, I think, he, fairly cheap on Fanduel. I want to say he's in the seventy yeah, seventy seven hundred. Yeah, he's always um, cheap there. Yeah, so he'll get more ownership there. Um, but no, I mean, you mentioned like. It's so ugly. Um, Jalen Waddle against a team that just is really good at limiting the opponent's uh, opportunities. And there's not a lot of ways to go. Like Chase Claypool, I have value tags this week on DraftKings, and I, I'm struggling to find somebody. And I'm hoping we get some something pop up value-wise on DraftKings for receivers, but there's, there's not a lot out there. I'm like basically guessing that we're getting news on Green Bay of some kind when I have Equinamia St. Brown uh, with like something, you know, creeping up the ownership scale here because he's 3K and he's the most known name of these Green Bay wide receivers. I also happen to think that, you know, Amari Rogers could actually be the guy that gets more of the looks uh, than Equinamia St. Brown in this situation if they really want to try to develop that young player. But, you know, that's not to say ESB is not going to be an option on the cheap side of things, but we just need some sort of announcement or clarity of how much the starters are going to play right now. It, you know, they're still going with the line of bullshit that these guys are playing. The starters are playing Tuttle. Uh, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I digress though. There's no, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, I think he's got some kind of uh, incentive he's chasing out there at 4.3. Maybe you could go with him, but he's also a Jacksonville Jaguar and they stink. So, I mean, I don't care how many catches he needs. Like he's no lock to get one. Yeah, he's bad. Um, 4K Allen Robinson. Like, I'm, like this is a week where you legitimately look at Allen Robinson and like, can I? Can I do it? Uh, you don't want to, but 
he's popping up at 4K. Uh, Robbie Anderson, 4,500. Like, I, I do think looking through, I think Gabe Davis is interesting um, in this price range. I, I could see him get some ownership. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe, is still doubtful um, to play this cool. week. Cool. Beasley's in that same conversation at 4.8. I mean, he's not traditionally seen as a particularly high ceiling option, and I think that's for good reason. But, uh, you know, if, in fact, the the Bills are going to attack the Jets through the air, which you might expect, I think Beasley could be, you know, in the cards for four, five, six receptions. And if he's got the touchdown, he could get there on a week without a ton of value. Um, yeah, so moral of the story, uh, ownership, uh, again, uh, congregating a little bit more towards the high side of things because we had to, you know, we're paying down elsewhere and you're getting Cup, Brown, Jefferson, at least one of those guys in, in a lot of different lineups out there. And then uh, some, some middle tier guys, of course, because there's really no low uh, priced options to speak of at the moment. You know, we're, we're, we're throwing out names from a hat here with Equinemia St. Brown and Marvin Jones, or like maybe Deontay Harris. He's only 3.2 if you're pairing uh, Taysom, uh, you know, God, people are going to talk about Antoine Wesley. He's 4.1 because uh, he's going to fit there nicely with Kyler. Uh, just not he's a got all three of Kyler's touchdowns over the last two weeks. Not a lot of great. He's tall. Not a, not a great. I, I honestly, I, I mistake him for a tight end every single time. He uh, he looks, he has the oddly similar build to Zach Ertz, and I can't distinguish the two half the time when they line up. When when, when my commentary on you is that is, is about your height, uh, that's, that's <laughs> proof that, uh, you know, maybe you're not the superior uh, of options in NFL DFS for the long term. For the short term, maybe you can consider it because we're not rich on value. What am I missing here at wide receiver? Is there any analysis we can provide the people roster construction-wise or ownership-wise because it's getting pretty spread out because of the pricing structure and there's just not a lot of standout plays? No, I don't think there's a ton to add. I will say, because since we've talked about the Green Bay guys a couple times or potential Green Bay value guys, I think it's important to remember it's going to be Jordan Love throwing them the ball if, if mm. they become an option. Very um, true. Which when we saw that earlier this year, it was not pretty at all. Um, so that would be my only thing is like perhaps value opens up. And we, and we talked a little bit about it with Cincinnati's second string offense too. Um, be sure you're docking efficiency. Like this isn't, this isn't basketball. Um where just because a guy gets on the court for 30 minutes, he's going to see a, a tremendous amount of opportunity. That's not necessarily the case with, with the NFL here. Um, so yeah, doc, doc efficiency when, when necessary this week. Very, very gross. Uh, not nearly as gross is the DFS OGs league total. Uh, if you want to go get into this last week and hang out with those dudes, uh, get to the Rargy homepage, click on the link, sign up to play against notorious head chopper beer makers fan, a uh, bunch of good dudes good contest get over there and play on FanDuel with them okay tight end position Zach Ertz Cole Komet John Bates uh, John Bates they're popping up as the top three guys is this right why is John Bates in my life I mean Ricky Seals Jones collided with a with the camera dude last week that was one of the worst collisions I've seen with on-field personnel um that was actually pretty ugly hopefully both guys are doing a little bit better than what we saw last week. Um, but yeah, I mean, John Bates has shown he's capable when he's been given opportunity, which is basically, I guess, why you're seeing him projected for, for decent ownership uh, on DraftKings. Cheap, 
we love the cheap tight end allows you to go elsewhere, spend elsewhere. Uh, we've already mentioned lack of value at other positions. So, I mean, that's why you're seeing Cole Komet and John Bates pop. It's just overall lack of value at the other positions. Now, if you don't know John Bates, if you're not watching the screen share title, you can see this clear as day, of course, because you are watching the screen share. He, he was actually the older brother in Home Alone. This is Buzz from Home Alone, uh, John Bates here. So uh, go, go. he's Buzz cheap. Tarantula. Yeah, he, he's cheap in DFS. Uh, he's not too fond of his brother, little brother, Kevin, but you can probably get him in there against the Giants if you're looking for a really cheap value, but you're not going to love it because what is there to love on the cheap scale? Cole Komet. Now, he's definitely been getting a lot of targets out there. And for 3.4, his price refuses to go up because he's not getting in the end zone. He's not really getting the big fantasy point performances. Andy Dalton's his quarterback this week. Uh, but these Minnesota games just tend, you know, especially when Cousins is in there, they tend to find a way. So can, can you find some love for Cole Komet? Yeah, I can. Um, that wasn't like, I, uh, this is, I think one of the better games to stack, which is a little crazy this week. We, we talked about Minnesota. Well, both these teams obviously don't have anything to play for. Um, the thing is there's actually some pretty bad weather. I think around this weekend, we, you have to check up our, our weather report. There are a lot of weather spots. Um, so that immediately is going to throw me or throw me to games that are in domes. Um, Chicago and Minnesota happens to be one of those games. Uh, Cole Komet cheap, going to get targets. Like I, I'm going to say it now, cause I'm just leading into it. This is kind of one of my low own, low own takes, but like an Andy Dalton stack, might win tournaments this week um, just because it's so cheap like an Andy Dalton Cole Komet stack he gets you two touchdowns that might be all you need out of Andy Dalton and Cole Komet just so it allows you to basically then play you know like a Jonathan Taylor and a Cooper Cup it allows you to jam everything if you do that um, so it, it sounds ugly but I would not be surprised if a really ugly Chicago stack won tournaments this weekend a player that well first of all a couple couple of uh I'm going to say reasonably priced tight end, not great price. Uh, Higby and Gerald Everett could get the job done here. They're going to probably attract some ownership uh, unless we get some kind of a value opening up here. Gronkowski is difficult to afford at 6.3. I think you'd like to have him. Uh, there's some reasons for to believe that he'll get some action in this game uh, for contract purposes. And I think that that's a situation that you would ideally like to get yourself involved with, except for at 6.3 and you can't afford nice things on DraftKings. Um, the, the, you know, the, if, if you're looking to pay down a guy that I would really like to get more snaps and I would love to roster as Brevin Jordan, but the problem is he's not a full-time player at the moment. He's still only 2.7 though. And they do like him in the red zone. So I'm still not against this, but again, it's a, it's a difficult sell to get to like totally endorsed uh, on, on a guy like, like Jordan when he's not, uh, he really has basically almost no chance of like a high target volume game. Um, Brock Wright at 2.5. He's a Detroit lion. If you've never heard of him, um, God, 2.5. Maybe that's the reason to roster him, but it's projected for five fantasy points because he's a Detroit line. So go figure. Uh, how about Mo, Mo Ali Cox? I mean, maybe you'd like him if they were going to pass it. Do you think there's any chance that the script flips on him? I mean, maybe. And then you're looking at decent leverage off of Taylor because if you're, you're getting Mo Ali, then you're wanting the touchdowns. Um, you're probably not going to get the yardage. So like nope. maybe, um, maybe you can do that, but it's, it's not pretty. You mentioned Mark Andrews is really expensive. George Kittle's quite expensive. Uh, you know, with Garoppolo at quarterback, certainly you like him better than with Lance. Um, you don't expect that against the Rams that it's just going to be the same game plan as last week. 
where they're just going to, you know, they were just going to cram it down Houston's throat uh, with the run game and Kittle was going to be out there blocking. All of a sudden now uh, you're talking about playing the Rams and he might be out there catching passes again if Garoppolo is back there, especially. So, I, th- I mean, God, maybe here, maybe this is my low home take. Maybe it's Kittle, right? Because he's not going to get that owned, is he? Yeah, so that's the news. Um, we talked about not still, still not wanting to play Jimmy Garoppolo, even if he's starter. Um, but this is the play that you make, right? You play, you play George Kittle. Um, and yeah. you can do that in hopes that Garoppolo starts because I don't think we'll know starter before the, the lineup's locked tomorrow at noon. I think, I think Shanahan will play it close to the vest until, until the start of the game. Uh, so if you think Jimmy G starts, and I, I do think Jimmy G starts, this is your play as you play George Kittle. He's very nice 6.9 on FanDuel. So if you're playing on FanDuel, you're going to see considerable amount more George Kittle there. I think that you could probably get there easier on that site. Okay. So that wraps up this tremendously terrible tight end position. It's really a terrible week, to be honest with you, Tuttle. And it's, and God, don't even get me started on tonight's two games. Like this is recording this on a Saturday. I mean, that's even worse. So it's just like it's on paper, not shaping up to be one of the greatest DFS slates of all time, especially not for weeks uh, 17 slash 18. Uh, now, there is finally a position, though, Tuttle, the defense position where we have an obvious play, something that we can actually get excited about. The Cleveland Browns are 2.6 on a cash-starved week on DraftKings. I think that this doesn't really merit a lot of discussion. We're just going to go ahead and play them against Brandon Allen, right? 100%. Um, again, though, I, I mean, you can definitely make the point or yeah. the argument and probably be correct that it's bad to eat chalk in tournaments. Uh, I'll still have exposure to the Browns in tournaments for sure, uh, especially higher stakes, lower field type of things. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's an obviously they're like they're just very easily the 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 cash game play on on DK. Other more reasonably priced defenses you might see in the mix: the Cardinals two point seven, the Vikings two point nine, the Washington Football Team is three point one against just an army. They have a never ending trail of terrible quarterback the teams and okay it's two but it's it's Glenn, Glennon and from that are back there uh lately for the Giants so you you as bad as the Washington football team has played this year on defense you maybe they have one actually good week on deck uh the Lions are 2.4 against possibly Jordan Love so maybe that's a thing yeah um I mean maybe uh, <laughs> well that, they're 2.4 that, yeah yeah I mean I do think though if like you're if you're I do think if you're just trying to get different, I think it's a pay up to get different week um, because I do think there are some decent higher price defenses that are just not going to get the ownership because Brown's defense are so is so good. And because lineup construction just makes it difficult. Um, but even something like the Titans defense um, against the Texans do that. The Titans Dante Foreman stack, if you really want to um, something like that, I think is, is enough to, to get a little bit different. So some defenses we like from a raw points perspective, Buffalo against the Jets, the Buccaneers against Carolina, both exceptionally expensive and difficult to play on DraftKings. Maybe you can get there on some other sites a little bit easier. Um, I mean, I guess you can like the Colts here against Jacksonville because they stink. And then uh, the Patriots uh, at three. I mean, just in general, I don't have any confidence in what two is doing out there in Miami. So if they get behind, you could definitely look for the Patriots to potentially start racking up some fantasy points in that contest. Okay, Tuttle, you've waited the entire show to uncork what is maybe your worst take of the entire year from a you know an excitement level perspective, but you teased it earlier at the quarterback position. Give me the guy that you think, if you're playing in a, a larger field contest, 
that can actually help you get to the top of a tournament uh, at lower ownership. You don't have to get an entire lineup of low owner loan guys to get to the top of these tournaments these days, uh, most of the time. But maybe a couple of options or a couple of unique angles can get you there. And it sounded like you had a pretty gross one that you want to talk about. Um, well, I did the. Uh, there's a couple. Um, the one that I did mention, and you didn't have like an adverse reaction, was Andy Dalton. No, uh, really. I mean it's pretty gross, but it's you know it's I'm making fun of Andy Dalton essentially here, but it makes sense. The pricing is there, and the Minnesota has given it up. Yeah, and I mean you're trying to again to try to remember what you're trying to do here. You're trying to get 20, 20 points out of Dalton. Um, we're not looking for the thirty point game necessarily. Like if that happens, you're you're absolutely smashing um but yeah we're, we're not shooting for the moon here we're just trying to get a different line of construction than most people have um and then the other one i mentioned a little bit earlier russell wilson i think we'll probably get some some steam but we currently haven't projected under five percent ownership uh he would be the i don't want to completely throw up you mentioned the passing attempts still weren't there for him last week necessarily uh, but we have seen him crush on efficiency in the past uh, that's been a thing and they are actually playing at a much quicker pace than they were at the start of the season uh, so even though that hasn't necessarily translated to more passing attempts uh, it has been helpful in terms of overall play volume for their games i haven't checked the weather uh in baltimore recently but is there any any kind of merit to like hey it's my last go oh here gosh, in pittsburgh no. for for ben roethlisberger uh, against this Ravens defense, which really isn't, you're going to attack them through the air. Uh, I'm, I'm not overly excited about Ben Roethlisberger, but I mean, he's 5.4 and no one's going to play him. Like, is there, is there a 300 yard game left in Ben Roethlisberger's bag? Uh, he's, he's among the guys I'm going to study at these cheaper price points aside from Andy Dalton. Uh, other names that you might take a peek at. Uh, I think if you have any, if, if like the, the Titans game turned into a higher scoring affair. Uh, there's some cheap guys on Houston that could stack up with Davis Mills to make, uh, you know, a surprising, you know, stack that doesn't need that much. And you're really just playing it for the, the players that you can get around uh, your Davis Mills stack. Um, Mac Jones, I, I anticipate the, the Patriots will continue to try to run the ball and play that way, but he's 5.4. If you wanted to do a skinny Mac Jones stack for salary purposes, I would be more comfortable stacking one player than two with him but I think that there's you know a possibility of some consolidated uh, target every once in a while getting there and in a huge massive tournament for him and uh you, know, you mentioned Dalton so I think those are the guys that are cheap down here that are gross at quarterback it was ugly. not a lot of fun to talk about let's talk about running backs um honestly this is was one of the harder positions for me to figure out um under five percent Camara is not quite there but he would be the guy closest that i that i'm actually excited about playing um we have I, I do think again monitor mark ingram's status with him because it it goes fairly overlooked um and if ingram's out again we're looking at probably close to 90 percent of the rb touches for for Camara. yeah um th that sounds very that sounds highly attractive compared to some of the guys that i think are are worth you know, taking a gamble on here if you're trying to mix in an interesting option. Uh, I don't think DeAndre Swift's going to play a lot this week. And they do have Craig Reynolds, which is a concern because they, they probably want to get him mixed in here. But I think Jamal Williams at 4.8 gives you the combination of a salary saver as well as, a, a you know, the projections aren't going to have DeAndre Swift out. Or he I think he got six uh, touches last week, right? Uh, he was out there quite a bit. 
I, I don't know that we're going to see a lot of him. I think that they're the way that they're talking about this guy, they're gearing him up for next year. And uh, Williams is playing his old team, uh, not going to be highly owned, uh, potential goal line back and can actually play in the passing game if they need him to. So th- that's a, a marginally appealing option in a massive field tournament. If you're trying to just find one or two guys off the board to mix in. Um, I would also say the same on the other side of that game for Patrick Taylor. Uh, not a real good way to project who's going to carry the rock there for the Packers. They're saying they're going to play the starters. If that turns out to be not true, uh, I don't I don't know how much AJ Dillon's going to get. It could be Patrick Taylor for a good amount of this game, and he's only four K. Uh, any 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 anything else here at running back that you think has any prayer? Not really, no. Um, again, I mean, it would all be just be speculation in terms of playing time, and I, I think a lot of the time that's just not worth it to, to do that. Basically, imagine Saquon Barkley being six point one at two percent owned, and we and and, we, and, and I and I'm mentioning Jamal Williams. What is going on there with them? Give me a wide receiver. Um. So if you're doing the Russell Wilson thing, you can look at DK Metcalf once again. Um, that's a little bit more appealing if you're doing the Ben Roethlisberger thing, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Um, like Deon- I, I do think Deontay Johnson's going to go pretty low owned um, this week, and he would like he's a, a fairly decent option. Is it maybe finally Robbie Anderson week? Maybe potentially. He, he, I don't even think he's going to play. To be honest with you, like he, he's been he's been out of practice not a bunch. Good. Like I think you're, I don't think you're going to get lucky enough to get Robbie Anderson. That might not be too uh, too bad over there so sadly i think people are going to play jamar chase don't play jamar chase by the way i don't i don't even know if he's going to play look at his he's got the rookie receiving record but it's like again barely it's he's not getting it he's not getting any records he's not getting any records this week with brandon allen out there um god imagine getting 50 DraftKings points and you're going to be two percent the next week that's the way it works out with the schedule uh this season but um yeah, once once again, not not a ton of uh, just fabulous uh, options down uh, the board here. I think uh, you know one, you mentioned the Rams. Like if you're going to stack Rams, I think uh, Jefferson and and Odell Beckham could be your like you know double stacking them with Stafford could be an interesting pivot off of trying to get Cooper Cup jammed in there or or even going with the tight end Higby. But I just think that that's an interesting way to look off off the board to make your your uh, lineup just a little bit different is maybe fade your uh, traditional cup stack which is scary as hell but if he doesn't yeah. score a touchdown a touchdown for once maybe you, you get lucky with the other guys okay so real quick worth pointing out which was actually pretty surprising back when odell beckham was brought on to the rams uh every once in a while he kind of the first initial few games he would split time with ben skoranek his, his wide receiver three that was van jefferson last week odell was basically on the field for every snap um so interestingly, the, like, I don't know if maybe Van Jess- Jefferson goes back to a complete role this week, uh, but I thought it was interesting that he was now splitting time with Skoranek and it was Odell that was out there all the time. Um, so yeah, fading Cooper Cup is scary, um, but Odell would definitely be the guy that I'd do it with. Hope we get some news here to really clean up this area of the, of the world because it's just not, not, it's not exciting. Tight end. Do, do you have anything at tight end tunnel? Because it's gross enough as it is. I think I might actually have one I'm interested in. Uh, so I do think the, the move here is if you're trying to get different as you pay up. Um, one of the guys we, we mentioned, uh, if you assume Jimmy G plays, then kills the guy that you pay out for. I think he's going to see low ownership. Um, and then, then Gronk, um, 
is low enough owned on DraftKings where I think he doesn't quite hit that 5% threshold, um, but he is. I, I, I do think if they'd go out and try to win this game, you could see him with a really strong first half at least. A player that is going to score a touchdown this week without a doubt, I've never been more sure of anything in my life, is Pat Freermuth. Uh, that's a situation where if you're not brave enough to even play Big Ben, uh, I think that uh, when, if it get, if it come, push comes to shove and they get into the red area of the field, he's, you know, I'll use the analysis again. He's tall and he's, he's out there catching touchdowns uh, at a pretty good clip uh, with Ben. He's got that mojo with the, with the, with him, like he had with the other guy back in the day, Miller. So I, I see, I see that happening out there. Uh, you think that the Ravens are good on defense. They're not. And uh, Freemuth is a guy at 4.6, not, not particularly cheap, but also this is a completely trash week at, at tight end. If he gets in the box uh, twice, you're certainly going to be in business. Folks, that is going to do it for this final ownership report. And, and what a way to end it, by the way, Tuttle. Final ownership terrible report. terrible show to do it. <laughs> uh, in week uh, 18 in the National Football League DFS. For Dan Gasper, I'm Chris Tremino. We will be back again next season. Go win something. Mm-hmm.